in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear friends, dear brethren, Easter, Easter Sunday is a day of victory. Easter is a great victory. It is the day during which the liturgy sings with solemnity, with gratitude, with joy, with certainty. Ec est dies, quam fecit dominus, exultemus et letemur in ea. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice therein. Easter is a great victory, a victory, of course, first of all, of grace over sin, a victory of the life over death, a victory of light over darkness. Today, we confess our faith by attending this ceremony remotely again and again and meditating on this greatest mystery promised by our Lord, prepared in the Old Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ coming out of the grave. We had during these last few days, during Holy Week, some very beautiful, some very respectful, sacred ceremonies, long and difficult ceremonies that were this year celebrated by Canon de Martin, who serves here as a priest. This ceremony who were, that were served by the altar boys, and I think all of them, each one of them, deserve congratulations and prayers. I would like to, explain, to extend my profound gratitude as well to our very talented organist who provided his skills to help us pray on beauty, on this beautiful organ which is being restored, as well as my profound gratitude to all the choir members for their efforts, the, the amount of work that they put into these Gregorian chant melodies. Our ears have been blessed through, throughout the week through this beautiful music. At the end of Holy Mass today, we will, uh, I will bless the Easter lamb. The lamb was born just two days ago. I hope he will, he will behave at the end of Mass today. And um, again, I would like to extend all, to all of you my profound gratitude for all your help, all your support, all your prayers during Lent. So Easter, I said, is a victory, a cry of victory that we can hear in one word. Something, this, the whole joy that has been announced to the world could be summed up, could be resumed in this word, Alleluia. And we just heard in the Gospel, Surexit ik non est ik esse. He has risen, he is not here. Our Lord is no longer laying down in the tomb. This is the great, uh, the greeting that the women heard going early in the morning to the sepulchre. And uh, they heard these words from uh, the, the holy angel when they were visiting the place where Jesus was laid. Their heart was overjoyed. And we do rejoice today within our hearts, in our spiritual life. We do rejoice in, uh, with Jesus in his church. We have been praying hard. I'm sure this Lent that was more, even more difficult, more challenging of uh, most of, of all 
throughout our life, one of the most difficult lengths of our life, maybe, when we were again deprived from attending the holy sacrifice of the Mass, when so many souls struggled, when so many people had to ask a special permission to come and when could I receive the sacrament of confession? When will you open the church? When will I be allowed to attend Holy Mass during Lent? This is absolutely incredible. And this is, of course, a great suffering for all of us, for all of souls. Nevertheless, we know that Easter is a great victory and God always wins at the end. God is above all rules. God is above all, above all laws, above all restrictions. And the liturgy that has been celebrated for centuries will keep being celebrated in the extraordinary form of the Latin Mass. Every, every year, we will still continue to praise the Lord on Palm Sunday and say to him, sing to him, sing to the King, glory be to thee. Glory, praise, and honor to the Redeemer, Gloria Laos, and honor Tibisit. Every year we will keep celebrating the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Monday Thursday, the institution of the priesthood. Every year we will meditate seriously with gravity on this, concert, on this disconcerting silence, the day on which our Lord expired for us on the cross, consumatum est. Every year on Holy Saturday, we will celebrate this mixture of triumph and mournful waiting when our Lord went triumphantly to limbo. We will again every year celebrate the resurrection of our Lord starting on the Easter Vigil with the blessing of the fire. This evening, last night, when then finally all bells were ringing, when the Alleluia was sung triumphantly, when the Gloria was sung, and when finally all the images were uncovered. And today, and during all these upcoming weeks during Eastertide, the, the glorious, the beautiful, the joyful Alleluia will be sung to remind us that our exile is over, to remind us that Christ has brought to, into, us into the promised land. So we rejoice. Our heart is full of grace, full of joy. We rejoice with our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Lord in his church, even though through, if these times are difficult. They are difficult indeed for the whole world. We all know why. But here in Ireland, here in the country of St. Patrick, here in one of the most Catholic countries in the world, it's, it's also one of the very few countries where, where attending now public mass is now a crime. It's among the very few countries throughout the world where a priest could be fined if he celebrates publicly the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Again, dear friends, we won't take too much time for that. Easter is a great victory 
and prayers always wins. Today, during this Holy Mass, I would like to renew my wish, my desire, and tell all those who pray with us, who pray for us, how close we have been to you in prayer throughout Lent. And we will stay here in Limerick, here at the Sacred Heart Church. Whatever happens in the world, we will stay here and keep praising the good Lord, preparing the souls for their salvation, being available for the sacrament. We are especially close, dear friends, to all the families who usually attend Holy Mass here. I'm thinking about all the youth, the teenagers, all the children, but also all those who are lonely, now all those who are retired, all those who are following up online, and who think that now this was the good old days when I used to be able to come to the Sacred Heart Church. Things will, please God, come back soon. And this must be our prayers, dear friends. We must really offer to the risen Lord not only our sufferings, not only our crosses, not only our joys, but also these specific intentions. Today we must beg the good Lord and tell him, tell the risen Lord, resume public mass now. Now, my dear Jesus, now, my Lord, that most businesses have reopened, now that golf clubs are going to reopen, now that all off-license are still open, we have a right, we deserve, we beg you to enlighten the spirit, the mind, the judgment of all our leaders here in Ireland and to stop this nonsense and resume the celebration of public mass. In 1959, they were, you know, in the storm of the church at this time, a certain good number of lights that were still very faithful in the church. And I'm speaking about few cardinals. And among them, there was Cardinal Alfredo Ottaviani. Cardinal Ottaviani was the pro-prefect of the Supreme Congregation of the Holy Office. And seeing the disaster, the liturgical disaster, and the crisis and everything that was about to be prepared within the church, especially regarding the liturgy, Cardinal, Cardinal Ottaviani wrote a little prayer to Our Lady, and he was praying and begging the Mother of God. He said, O oh Madre, noi ne possiamo più. My dear Mother, we can no longer stand with these things. And then he wrote this little prayer. Dear friends, we have to pray and to pray Our Lady. And we must really, regardless of what happens, we must have this great desire of meeting the risen Lord, meeting Jesus, who, has rose, who rose from the dead. Of course, we cannot place our hands into his side the way the apostles did. So what else can we do? Here's the answer. Today, we can meet the risen Lord precisely in the sacrament. In the sacrament, we can touch Jesus. 
we can touch his side, we can place our fingers in his pierced heart on his side. We could, could place our ear upon his breast and listen to his heart beat. He is alive. And you see, this is how we do receive all the graces that we need. If we think about the sacraments, what would be the Easter sacraments? It's, of course, the baptism. It is a night when thousands of people have been baptized. What a great joy. Thousands of people during night have received the sanctifying grace, have received the indelible mark of Christ within their soul. They, have, they are now called Christian, and they will always be Christian throughout their life. It's something engraved in their heart, engraved in their soul. We think as well as an Easter sacrament about the Holy Eucharist, in which Jesus himself gives to us as food, as a spiritual food, and is no longer dead. The species, the body and blood are no longer separated, but they are reunited in one Holy Eucharist, really, truly, substantially present. And Jesus is alive in the Holy Eucharist. It is how we receive him gloriously in the, in the communion. But there is another sacrament that we cannot forget, a sacrament without which we cannot be saved. It is confession. So now you're going to tell me, Canon, you have been speaking for a long time about confession, during Lent, before Lent, and now during Holy Week, encouraging us to come and come and come and come again. And now it's Easter Sunday. Maybe that could be a little bit too much, Canon. No. There are seven sacraments, seven sacraments instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ, granted to the Church, and these powers of the administration has been granted to all the ministers that God has chosen, God has blessed, God himself has consecrated. And we must also remember the importance of confession even on Easter Sunday, a joyful feast. As I often tell you, I know I say that every year. But there is no happy Easter without confession, without a good and sincere confession. And this is exactly the same thing for Christmas. You remember that's so important to go to confession and to really open your heart to the good Lord. Remember that the risen Lord, our Lord, came, and when he appeared to the apostles, what was his first business? The first business he performed was precisely after his resurrection to give us the sacrament of confession. We will be reading during the week the Gospel of St. John during Holy Mass. Let me give you an excerpt. He showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Ghost. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. This is a special gift, dear friends, 
that we have received from the risen Lord. This is a special power that we as priests have been granted. We have received this power to forgive the sins from God himself and in his church. And this gift, thank God, keeps the priest here busy during our, our life, during our presence here. So, dear friends, it's important to mention as well confession on Easter Sunday because the Easter story tells us exactly what happens when we go to confession. The cross of Christ is not the last word, nor is our sin. The third day, when the disciples peered into the empty tomb, only the funeral shrouds were there, neatly folded on the ledge. And this is exactly what happens when we go to confession. Even though our soul has died and it is all tied up in a funeral shroud, stained and defiled, it is always able to rise again and to leave the stained reminder of an old life behind. This is why, again, confession is called the sacrament of the dead for it can really restore, by God, God's grace, our soul to life. It can change our soul from mortal sin to the state of grace. So the question, dear friends, for us today is, do we really want to meet with the risen Lord? If the answer is yes, let, then let us come and meet him in his sacrament, Amen. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.